Welcome to the Cocktail Lovers Podcast. I'm Gary. And I'm Sandra. And together we are the Cocktail Lovers. We're a married couple and we've been writing about cocktails for the past 12 years. But this is the place where we're going to be talking about cocktails. We're going to be talking about products. We're going to be talking about books. And we're going to be talking about the bars that we love and we think that you will love too. We'll also be checking in with some of the biggest names in the industry and asking them to share their top tips with us to help you up your mixing game at home. We like to think of ourselves as your new best friends, cocktail-wise. So let's hear what's on the show this week. This episode, the last in our current season, is devoted to one spirit, whiskey. We're opening two fabulous bottles, both new and created to bust any preconceived myths you may have about whiskey being fusty, dusty and staid. There's Woven from a team of former bartenders based in Leith and Red Red Rye from the Oxford Artisan Distillery based in Oxford. Our library pick is the aptly named Everything You Wanted to Know About Whiskey but Are Too Afraid to Ask. And our bar review sees us revisiting the accessible and ever-inclusive specialist whiskey bar Black Rock in London with a new outpost just opened in Shanghai. Then it's over to someone who really knows her stuff when it comes to a good dram. The mine of information that is Becky Paskin. But first, we are the cocktail lovers, so let's make ourselves a cocktail. Starring some whiskey, of course. This week I'm going for one of the simplest cocktail recipes known to man or woman actually. (laughs) It's just simply two ingredients and it's a really good one for people that not quite sure about whiskey or actually who do enjoy whiskey and particularly because it is so simple and it is absolutely delicious. Another thing with this drink, you can drink it cold and you can also add some hot water to it and use it as a hot toddy. So it's a myriad ways that you can Don't keep us in suspense any longer. (laughs) What are you making? I'm making a whiskey mac. And it's, as I said, two-ingredient recipe named after Colonel Hector MacDonald, also known as Fighting Mac, and it was devised in the days of the British Raj rule. Oh, wow. So something very simple. Now, to make it even easier, you can just build this, which means just adding the ingredients to your glass. Um, So you know, just add it to your glass and um, and give it a quick stir. But because I'm making two, I'm going to actually make it in um, a cocktail mixing glass. So it's just 45 ml of blended Scotch whiskey. This week, we're going for Shivers Regal 12, which is one Always of our favourites. Always good. So that's 90 mils for the two O-Us. So, that aroma is drifting over nicely yes, to me. that's great. And then we're going for Stone's Ginger Wine, which is this great ginger-flavoured currant wine that's going to add this it's lovely... A, it's an iconic 
yeah. uh, bottle, isn't it? The, the yes, gin, the and I must say, this wine. is the only time that we do use it is for a whiskey mac, but it really comes into its own. I own. have very fond memories of it because uh, when I was a child, we didn't really have many drinks in the house apart from at Christmas, mm. and we always had a bottle of Stone's ginger wine at Christmas because my late father really liked a whiskey mac. Oh, did he? Oh, great. Here's to George then. Absolutely. So that's 30 mil each of Stone's ginger wine. We'll just add some ice. Not too much in here because I've actually got some ice in our tumbler glasses or old-fashioned glasses. So we'll give it a quick stir. That will do. Because really it is a quick stir. Just to bind the ingredients together. Yeah, because you're not particularly diluting this one. Are no. You? You're just chilling it and mixing it. So we're just... Got some beautiful rocks up. glasses there, by the way. Yes, I thought we'd get them out. We don't usually use um, rocks glasses in here. It's always the Nick and Nora, but this is uh, a great time to reach for the beautiful tumblers. And you're serving that over ice. For ice. And this would be a great time if you've got a lovely huge chunk of ice to use that. Because mm. not only does it look good, but it dilutes really, really slowly and it looks beautiful. And then you garnish, they say, with a little bit of dry ginger. Ah. But we don't have any. But we do have some stem ginger from left over from my baking. So I thought we could use that instead. Good to use that. There you go. So that's your whiskey thank, mac. Whoops, thank you very much. And that looks and smells. Let's toast too. our whiskey special. Cheers. Oh, that works a treat, doesn't Lovely. it? Lovely. And as I say, if you want to, you can also use this as a hot toddy. Just add some hot water and you're good to go. My pick from the drinks cabinet this week is from the Oxford Artisan Distillery. And I'm quite fascinated by this setup. I think it's relatively new. I think it's maybe been around for five, six years. A few years, years yeah. Like that. And um, they produce several gins, a vodka, and importantly today, a range of whiskies, mm. of which the one I've selected is the fifth release, and it goes by the name of Red Red Rye. Mm. Now, I wondered for a while why it was called Red Red Rye, and then the penny suddenly dropped. Go on. Because uh, they talk about a sort of – they make these spirits, but they talk about a wine kind of sensibility and uh, connection, and there is a wine connection in this particular one, so hence the Red Red rye so okay. i finally got it i finally <laughs> got it it's not a reference to ub40s hip song or indeed neil diamond ah okay yeah, so, yes no, of course yes. To either of them. <laughs> um they describe this as a i like this this is the quote a love affair between their heritage grains new american oak casks and three legendary sweet wine cask a pedro jimenez butt and two vintage port barrels so there's an already some interesting things going on there but i think it's particularly worth talking about the distillery and what they do so i, I had a good look at the website and it's one of those sort of setups that the more you learn the more you want to learn yeah definitely 
And uh, they talk a lot about they work with ancient heritage grains, which are grown exclusively for them. Yeah, that's a big thing for them, isn't it? Yeah, I think this is absolutely the heart of what they do. And all these grains are produced within 50 miles of Oxford, where they're based. They talk a lot about everything they do being organic. They use ancient farming methods. They are into biodiversity. So they're they're ticking a lot of really strong boxes Mm -hmm. to kick off with. So as I say, this is um, the fifth whiskey release. And it's a rye whiskey, and they do sort of say they're not trying to in any way be an American rye whiskey. I think they they know what it's about and maybe influenced by it, but they're not saying it's in any way supposed to be an American rye whiskey. It is just their rye whiskey. This is the limited edition of just 600 bottles. Mm, so we're and very lucky to we have We are it. incredibly lucky to have one. And when it arrives, it's in a beautiful, the packaging is beautiful. We always talk about packaging and it is important. This comes in a beautiful slipcover box, rich green with gold on it. It looks absolutely stunning. And then going in to get the bottle again, absolutely beautiful design. It's sort of a nice squared off bottle, longish neck cork. Again, the label is beautiful, this green and gold, and it's, uh, let me see, it's 46.4%. As I say, it's a limited edition, and it says on the back, this is number eight of 600, so they're numbered as well as being a limited edition. So it's feeling very, very, very special. They advise, or suggest, I should say, suggest drinking it by the fire, Possibly after dinner. We, we don't, unfortunately, have a roaring fire, which is a bit of an But we can sight. pretend, in we our can, minds, we can pretend conjure that. up those flames yeah, as you pour and we Ooh, sip. Yeah, so we're imagining we've got our fire roaring away. But what we have got is this lovely red, red rye. So let me just... And also the bottle, the weight of that bottle is pure quality, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's, uh, as I say, it's a lovely design, it's a lovely heavy base. So mm. it's sort of, it, well, I say sort of, it does really feel clean. And the colour, it's a, a lot deeper. And I guess, you know, we've got that reddishness that they're talking about with the red, red rye. It is a lovely, deep. Really, um, I don't know, what would you say? Not mysterious, but it's lovely and inviting. It really feels woody and gorgeous, doesn't it? Lux, I think. Mm. I don't know if it's the power of suggestion, Mm. but I am getting that sort of a little hint of port. Yeah, well, I was was just going to say, there is a, a, um, a sweetness to it. Not overly sweet, but there's this lovely hint of reddishness. Mm. (laughs) Again, that is the suggestion, but... I think I feel the port coming mm. through. It's absolutely oh, gorgeous. I think that's stunning. Mm. Absolutely, it delicious. is that mix of wine and sherry and port and whiskey and yeah, it's got a lovely, lovely taste to lush, it, hasn't lush, it? Lush. Yeah, I think this would work. I know, by and large, you know, it you would work in terms of drinking it exactly as we're drinking it. We're drinking it neat. We're drinking it at room temperature. I guess you put put some ice in there if you wanted to mm. but also i think you could make yourself a really sexy upmarket manhattan with this oh gosh that would be delicious i think just a little this with just a little sweet vermouth mm. well it's fantastic. already got those red notes yes, hasn't it so it i think that it those. would be beautiful and the more i look at it the the redder it becomes actually in mm. this glass it's really such a treat and a real lovely a lovely find as well because it's not from Scotland. 
It is from Oxford, and they're using these wonderful heritage grains, which they talk about, and it's really, really beautiful. Also on the the box, they have got one of the QR codes, so you can actually go on there and discover a little bit more. So, yeah, I love this one. Yeah, so definitely, as I said earlier, it makes me want to find out more about the distillery because they've got other whiskies and other spirits. But for now, we both are giving a massive thumbs up to the Oxford Rye Whiskey Red Red Rye, which is £150 for a 70cl bottle. More details from the Oxford Artisan Distillery.com and, of course, from the Cocktaillovers.com. So like you with the Oxford Artisan Distillery, I wanted to go for something new, a nice, new, fresh whiskey that people, you know, there are hundreds, thousands of whiskies out there, lots of them fusty, dusty, and not stuck in their ways, but very traditional. And I wanted to go for this fabulous new company called Woven. Even from the look of the bottles of these whiskey bottles, you can tell that you're in for something really, really special and very, very different. It's by a group of former bartenders um, who have set up this distillery. I wouldn't say distillery, actually, because they don't have a distillery. What they do is collaborate in, in blending whiskies. Okay. So they find whiskies from, it can be from small producers, um, it can be from leftover stock from some of the bigger producers so they pride themselves on getting really really and what they source it from what anywhere all over the world well right now they're doing it in scotland they're actually based in leith which is outside edinburgh so right now they're sticking to scotland but their plan is very much to to go worldwide and encompass japanese whiskies whiskies from all over the world and it will be down to their palates (laughs) and their imaginations what they come up with so they track down their favorite whiskies and as i said they can be from big brands or very small production very niche and very collectible whiskies and then they sit down and talk about an emotion or an experience so they approach their blending of whiskies by experiences so they might have a thing like you know what would whiskey taste like if it was a smile or you know so different things like that so it's their ideas they're very very creative bunch um there's a led by duncan mccray who has done lots of different things he's worked as a bartender but also worked in whiskies and um the whole team have actually done quite a lot of work in whiskies and behind bars so they're approaching whiskey in a completely different way in the way that bartenders do with imagination fresh ideas and and lots of promise for creativity really Mm. so their big thing is about debunking the outdated perceptions of blended whiskey and instead they ask the question what can blended whiskey be so then with something like that there's no limit to your imagination is there no so right now there's i think they've got four expressions and they're just called simply experience number one right through to experience number four right we've got some little mini bottles of the blends from one to three and and also you're talking about the they source these blends so I'm guessing, but tell me, the blends they put together, they don't tell you the blends that go into no, each one? No, they so... will just say, they'll give you a percentage of 
blend number one, blend number four. You know, they don't actually tell you what's in them, but okay. they can be very new make right through to something of God knows how many years okay. old, I like, really. That's interesting. Yeah, exactly. So they sit down and and go through um, the, the flavour profiles and come up with their expression that they think will give you the emotion that they're after. So we have got, as I say, let me just say, so experience number one is called Multitudes. And this is about layers of character that reveal themselves when you're ready. So the perception of the taste changes in accordance with your mood, right? I'm going to describe them and then you can tell me which two you'd like to taste. Okay, Okay. so if number one is Multitudes. That's Multitudes. Experience number two the smiling whiskey. So can a whiskey taste happy? This one is supposed to be bright, wild, rebellious and spicy. Okay, I'm liking the sound of that. Yes, I thought you might. And then experience number three is called nostalgia. Ah. And it's, yeah, it's, um, they describe it as a rose tinted look backwards. And it's a modern blend designed to reflect upon the past. So oh, you can choose two. I'm, I'm going for two and three, please. Some I thought smiley so. And, and nostalgia. Okay. I like both of those. And we've ideas. had these bottles. I've been dying to open them up, but I really wanted us to do this for the podcast Absolutely, and not get yeah. a sneak so peek. been sitting there with And also, let's just talk about these bottles. What, yeah. what these, would you say? These are miniatures, but these are exact replicas of these the larger are, yeah, bottles, aren't exactly. they? Yeah, exactly. So they're a little bit... Yeah, I'll pass you pass one. Thank so you. While I'm a, pouring. got a little bit of that apothecary feeling. Yes, thing. but much more modern. They're yeah, very sweet. I mean, the sweet. shape of the bottle is... It's sort of, it, it, that's why I say apothecary. It does remind me of the sort of thing you'd, you'd imagine would be on an older chemist shop back shelf. But uh, the glass is sort of frosted. And then the light of the label, it's just very neat typography. But it's almost slightly like a chemistry. It's like good typography on a chemistry mm. book, the label. And also they do say that they've kept it purposely clean and clear because they don't want to distract from the whiskey. Actually. Yeah, I think that's interesting because also it goes back to that thing you were saying about the not knowing where the various ingredients to make the blend have come from. Mm. So it kind of takes away any preconception you might absolutely. have of like, oh, that's really old or like that this. comes from that region yes. or that's smoky or that's yes. sweet or all of those things are parked. It's just what have they put together? Mm. So this is number This two. is number two, okay. which was... was I can't remember now. Oh, yes, the smiley, the smiling one. Well, I'm certainly smiling with that. That's lovely. Me too. Light, fresh. Yeah, it's very bright, isn't it? Yeah, bright. That's the thing. It's just got this lovely exuberance about Mm. it, I think, if you can describe whiskey as such. And it's kind of got like a a lightness of touch, I would Mm. say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and, that, you know, we're having it at Ambient, and I would just happily just carry on sipping that. Absolutely. Very, um, and it's making me smile. It's making you smile. That's always a pleasure to see. Okay, <laughs> so we're going for experience three, which is nostalgia. Okay. And I'll, I'll say all of them have a different ABV, obviously, because there's different blends right, in okay. there. So experience number two is 45.2. ABV. And also at the back, you'll see that they have these little um, markers to tell you where they fall in the flavor profile. So this one, it's um, on the on the flavor dial, shall we say it goes from fresh to exploratory. 
And this one is sort of in between fresh and balanced, which yeah. I'd say that, pretty much again, sums it up. Again, that's a nice little touch, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, you don't know what you want. But I think if you're looking at something like that, it's like, okay, so it's not too complex. It's not too whatever. And you'll go in, in that direction. So that's great. Now we have number three, which is your nostalgia. Let's see that. It's very light colour. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, that is compared to the... Yeah, the very straw-like colour. Yeah, this is very go. glowing, isn't it? So as I say, they say this is a rose-tinted look backwards. Modern blend designed to reflect mm. upon the past. Mm. Ooh, that has got heat. That's mm, got, it's got some smokiness, smokiness in there, yeah, which is yeah. very... Always those sort of contemplative type ones where yes. you do sit back by the fire... Not in the um, old pipe and slippers sort of no. way, but really, um, yeah, that, that smoke and, is and it's lovely. Funny, again, I think, you know, we often talk about things like the power of suggestion. But when I looked at that lightness, it made me think of sepia photography. Oh, nice. So, nice. you know, I don't know if that's intended, but it, it's very clever. Kind of, And it does make you think of like, yeah, just letting your mind drift back a little to your own personal past. I think that's rather charming it's lovely and um let me just see what flavor profile that says so that is gone beyond balance and it's nudging up to complex which i would say Mm. it's very much up up there's a lot going on there but and i like the fact the smokiness is quite subtle yeah it's there definitely but it's not um you're not a huge smoky whiskey fan. no i'm on a journey with smoky Mm. whiskey but But that works for you it does because it's subtle and it does again it evokes that sitting by the fire and getting the smell of a fire rather than it being full-on smoke i love these bottles because actually there's something again you know you say apothecary there's there's sort of um thing like skincare you know like some of these funky yeah really beautiful paired back skincare brands yeah they have the 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 packaging is very reminiscent of that and all of the labels they're different colors so you are able to pick them out quite quickly so you know the that one is a pink one. That's number three. And then number two is a lovely sort of amber. You know, they're just gorgeous. My my bag, totally. So have a look on the website for, for details. And I would urge you to go on their websites because there's a lot of information. They've put so much into this. It's, you know, they believe in creativity and artistry. And all of those things are very much reflected in their branding. They've coll- it, they, it's all about collaborations and about art and culture and all of that definitely comes through. The whiskies themselves, they come in 50 CL bottles yeah. and they range from 40 to 145 pounds mm-hmm. and that depends on the expression. So do discover and it is woven whiskey and they are whiskey makers based in Leith in Scotland. And now for a cocktail hack from one of our experts. Hi, my name is Ivy Mix in Brooklyn, New York, and I'm the owner of Leyenda, as well as Fiasco Wine Spirits. I also am the co-founder of Speed Rack and the author of Spirits of Latin America. And my cocktail hack 
is if you want to create those perfectly clear ice cubes that you've seen in some of the best cocktail bars in the world, all you need to do before you're entertaining is to get some insulated coffee mugs and fill them up with water and allow them to freeze for a day or so. What happens is all the impurities will go to the top and you can just hack it off carefully with a little knife. And what you're left with is a perfectly clear ice cube for your old fashions or whatnot. For more from the Cocktail Lovers, see our digital and print magazine and make sure that you subscribe. You can find out all about it on our website, thecocktaillovers.com. And also you'll find out where to subscribe for our magazine, which is available four times a year in digital and print. Recently, we popped along to Black Rock. Yeah, we haven't been there for a while, but it's a wonderful bar. Really, really wonderful whiskey bar. Yeah, and and I I think it's been open now, what, about five, six years? It's coming up to six six years, years. yeah. And we went there a lot when it opened. We've popped back occasionally, but we haven't been for a little while. But it was great to go again, wasn't it? And remember why we love it so much. Mm. I mean, it is a whiskey bar, but it's so far away from what you might think of a whiskey bar is very inclusive easily accessible and extremely intimate bar yeah let, let's actually let on that note why don't we describe it a little bit why so don't you we you enter via it's in a basement so you go down some steps uh you go through a curtain and then it's a a room it's not a huge no. room but it's got a nice vibe it's quite dark it's got some funky artwork on the walls the music playing is kind of good hip-hop hip-hop music and then the layout is really, really eye-catching. Mm. So along the centre, the first thing that you're going to see is this oak tree that's laying in the middle of the floor. It's cut in half and it's a 250-year-old oak tree that has been used as a centrepiece of this yeah. bar. And when we say cut in half, if you can imagine a, 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 a big piece of trunk, but it's cut lengthwise. Yes. So you see the sort of grain and they've got half of that lengthwise piece. Yeah, and that is the, the centrepiece and it's a communal table yes. that you can sit down and and join in and you know either with your group of friends or actually share time information and whiskey with other like-minded people sitting around the table but it's not just that there's two very clever channels that are carved into the yeah, whiskey like, sort of like troughs almost yeah the length to, yeah and it's really really clever because and then they're covered in glass they're yeah. covered in glass but actually inside they're aging two types of whiskies um two types of whiskey cocktails yeah old fashioned old fashions yeah. in this case so one is a perfect old fashioned as they call and the other one is a new american old fashioned so right. i think yeah yeah and so it's it's a really good education not only is it a showstopper but it's actually an educational piece because you know, you can see the ageing process going on. Happening before your eyes. Yeah, and yeah. it just explains a bit of, you know, how and it, and whiskey ages. as well. Yeah, fun. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and it has become something of a pilgrimage for whiskey lovers and also newbies who want to experience whiskey in a fun, enjoyable way. Yeah. So we've got that table. There's a few smaller tables to the side, which mm. is great as well. And the other eye-catching thing after the table are the cabinets. Yes. 
And I think this is where it gets even cleverer, if if you can say even cleverer. Mm. There are, is it three cabinets? Three, three cabinets. Three cabinets. And then they're divided into flavour profiles. And, you know, th- there's nothing new about dividing whiskies into the whiskey flavour wheel, which is usually what happens, that you'll see them broken down so into... like sweet or yeah, smoky broken or down into yeah. different characteristics. But to actually separate them into these cabinets and, and have the cabinets divided into smoke, fruit, balanced, fragrance, spicy and sweet. And then also on the shelf, so the the top shelf is light and then it slowly progresses down to bolder in body and depth in the whiskey. So it makes it easy for people to choose their favourite style or to actually see, okay, that's a whiskey that I like. That one next to it is in the same kind of flavour profile, so I'll try that. Uh, And likewise, what I love about that whole approach is, and again, it doesn't matter if you're new to whiskey, you know your whiskey, you're on a, or probably like us, on a journey, Mm. that you can look at the cabinet and you don't get swayed by, oh, I know that name, or that's got an old age statement, or any of that. You can just have a conversation with a really knowledgeable staff and Mm. say, I fancy something a little bit sweeter, but with a bit more character or whatever. And that kind of guides you to one of the displays. Yeah, exactly. And also the pricing is is equally inviting and inclusive. So they do it in a series of dots. So you can choose your dram according to the, the dots. So one dot is £8, two dots is £10, and it goes through to gold dots, which is um, £13 plus. Yeah. So it makes it really easy. The whole process has been really designed to simplify, demystify, and actually just bring that enjoyment to to tasting whiskey. Absolutely. And so, you know, it's all about whiskey. There are some cocktails as well. We can actually touch briefly on those two old fashions again that are in the tree trunk. Because in in the cause of research. In the name of research, absolutely. We we tried one each and then we tried each other. So you had the... I had the perfect. perfect, which is the one. I believe is always on the go that's the one they don't change I think yeah I think yeah. there's always little variations yeah. to them and then they season the wood with different things actually this one is seasoned with stout and the inside is Balvenie 12 Glenfiddich 12 Ayla Bay and Oloroso Sherry and it was bang on it really for me that was my perfect yeah because you like a little bit of smoke I love you? the smoke and it just crept through and it yeah. was just beautiful really really lovely it's 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 quite punchy my favorite word but actually beautifully done it's not no hard edges at all i could have happily had another <laughs> one or two of those yeah and meanwhile i had the other one which is the new american old-fashioned and this is the sort of trough that they change occasionally mm. and in that was ezra brooks bourbon rum Bitters, so very simple, and again, super delicious. A little bit sweeter, yeah, very subtly sweeter. But I thought both of them absolutely, absolutely. and they were uh, ten pounds. Ten pounds. All of their cocktails are ten pounds, which yeah. again makes it really easy. You're not sort of guided by price or anything. The menus are very simple. There's another five cocktails apart from the the two aging in the yeah. table. So we had another one from there. I went for the Tipperary Grasshopper because yeah. I wanted to see a whiskey style grasshopper. And again, this didn't disappoint. It was Rowan Co. Um, whiskey, Bianco Bitter, Chartreuse and Mint. Again, very punchy, but 
absolutely bang on for Delicious. me. Mm. And meanwhile, I had a Creole colada. You know, as soon as I saw colada, yeah. I thought, I'm in there. <laughs> I'm going to try a colada. Creole colada, which was made with bullet rye, pineapple, coconut, rum, and anise. So mm. absolutely yeah. frigging delicious. They know what they're doing with these drinks. And little wonder, actually, they've just opened a new site in Shanghai. Yeah. And this looks amazing. I cannot wait to, to visit. And you can imagine that the concept, you know, they're keeping the tree, they're keeping the, the flavour cabinets, all of those sort of things. And and also, we didn't mention the lovely water taps that are oh, in the middle yeah. of the they table. They look like old school bath taps yeah and probably are and you can yeah. just help yourself to water which is great because yeah. you know these are strong whiskey drinks yeah, so and they're really beautiful water. and also if you're having a dram and you just want to yeah. add a little yeah. bit of water it's easy for you to to control that but all of these elements are have been transferred to the shanghai site this is bigger it's about five times i think i, I can't remember it looks but bigger from yeah the photos it's, it's much yeah. bigger but Still the same principles, nice and dark, the hip-hop music, all of those sort of things. They're opening a further five during the next five years in, in China. And I absolutely, if I'll eat my many hats if this is not a success. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, do absolutely check out the London site. We really, really loved going back there. Yeah. And that's Black Rock. Huge thumbs up from us. From our library, um, we're talking whiskey, obviously, and there's so many books on whiskey. Some of them are really heavy, old, yeah, dusty, almost old Almost as many tombs. books as there are whiskeys themselves. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes. And they're all different types of them. Some of them are really serious geek books. But I wanted to go for something a bit lighter, um, something much more inclusive okay. and a lot more modern. And this one is called Everything You Need to Know About Whiskey, and then in brackets but are too afraid to ask, which I love. I love that title. It immediately just sort of lessens the seriousness of yes, the, of the, the category. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of the category? The category. <laughs> it's by Nicholas Morgan, and he is an all-round top, top drinks fellow. He knows lots and lots about, well, he knows everything about the world of whiskey, and that's what he is demystifying in this book. So it's with it's written by Nick Morgan, but it's in association with the Whiskey Exchange. And it is it does exactly what it says on the tin. It tells you absolutely everything you need to know about this fantastic and often complex and often sometimes people just shy away from it because it seems so big this category of whiskey. Nick has been involved in every aspect of the whiskey industry including the launch and promotion of many of the Diageo malts so you know he's he's also he knows his stuff winner of the outstanding achievement in Scotch Whiskey Award and you know all all good things. So like the title says, it does absolutely everything that you need to know about whiskey with and without an E, including how to drink it. Is the glass important? 
demystifying the whiskey aging process, the language that's associated with it, even things like how to start and build a collection. And he also sort of has a little bit on collectors themselves. I love the feel of this book. There's a lovely, um, it's like almost velvet. It's not yeah. velvet, but it's a nice um, lush yeah, cover, tactile, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, nice and bright. Beautiful illustrations yeah. inside. Which I was going to say, actually, the illustrations, they really caught my eye because they also set the tone yes. that it's its kind of not, you know, it's, it's not, well, it's, it's a serious book, but the tone is not too heavy. Yeah, and they're, they're not taking themselves too seriously. Yeah. And it is really beautifully put together. There's some, some recipes, not many, they're just sort of dotted around and they're very classic whiskey recipes that you, which you'd like. Beautiful, bold illustration and it's £20. It's published by Penguin and it really is one for, not just for whiskey novices, I'd say, but also for people that do know their whiskey and just want to find out a little bit more about how it's made, uh, about the differences in woods, the differences between single malts and blends. And, you know, is it just a science? And and also including things on whiskies from around the world. So it's a top tip from us. And as I say, it is called Everything You Need to Know About Whiskey, But Are Too Afraid to Ask. If ever you needed proof that the fusty, dusty image of whiskey is truly a thing of the past, Becky Paskin is it. As vibrant as the category she so passionately and knowledgeably talks about, she's become a go-to source for any and everything to do with the wonderful world of whiskey. She's a top-notch journalist, editor, educator and consultant, delivering seminars, tastings and keynote speeches at every event worth knowing about, including The Whiskey Show, Tales of the Cocktail, The World Whiskey Forum and The World Spirits Forum, to name a few. She's also called on to demystify the world of whiskey on various television and radio programmes, such as Talk Radio's Wind Down and ITV's Love Your Weekend. Which is all very fabulous, but what makes her even more brilliant in our minds is that she's an advocate for equity and inclusion in the global whiskey industry and is the proud founder of Our Whiskey, a platform championing gender inclusion in whiskey and one of the many reasons that we're super happy to welcome her today. Becky, welcome to the Cocktail Lovers podcast. Oh my god, that's some some introduction. <laughs> You're some lady, <laughs> Becky. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honour to be on your podcast. Finally, I've been a big fan of you guys for many, many years. So, what an honour to finally be here with you. Oh, Thank you. Thank you very much. Right now, Becky, as Sandra has already touched on, uh, you write about drinks in general but you are a world-renowned whiskey specialist. Could you tell us, first of all, what drew you to this category in the first place? Well, I actually started out as a food writer. I was a food critic and covering restaurants and hotels and bars for the trade. So I, I qualified as a journalist, and that's where I started writing about and absolutely loved writing about restaurants. I got to eat at some of the best restaurants in the entire world, which was just wonderful. But I, I 
transitioned into writing about spirits it wasn't really by choice it was a, if I'm honest it was the first job that came up <laughs> traveling after writing about food and um, took a bit of a break and uh, it was the first job that came up but it was so it was quite serendipitous really to roll writing about spirits which I've come to just fall passionately in love with and I suppose over a few years of writing about all variety of cocktails and gins and vodkas I actually didn't like gin when I started writing about spirits I had um, the wonderful Desmond Payne who is uh, he makes beef eater he sat me down and taught me everything about gin and he helped me basically like it but it was it was whiskey for me that stood out and I think it was partially it was the flavor because I absolutely fell in love with it but the variety of whiskey that you can get and all of these different flavors and styles and textures and aromas that come from a glass of whiskey can it's just the tiniest production element can just change just just a touch and you just open up this whole world of flavor I think it was that and the people that make whiskey as well they're so it's so rich in heritage there's so many stories and so many wonderful people creating it it was just a world I just fell head over heels for just went down that path I couldn't help it it just it dragged me along (laughs) fantastic so can you remember the first dram that you tasted was it love at first sip I mean you've said that but was it actually love at first sip no (laughs) (laughs) um okay honestly the my first ever taste of whiskey I must have been I was underage. I was maybe 15 (laughs) or 16. And I found a bottle. I remember this very clearly. I found a bottle of Grant's down the side of my brother's couch. And I was staying with him while I was studying my exams. And I was in the house on my own. And I thought, oh, you know, rebellious teenager as I was, just grabbed the bottle and took a massive drink. Oh, my goodness. It was so (laughs) disgusting. It it took everything in me not to just spit it out across the room. I did drink it. I swallowed it and just thought, oh, my God, that's just, that is vile. That is not for me at all. I mean, obviously, I wasn't a big drinker at the age of 15 anyway. And also, you're not ready for those sort of tastes at that time, are you? No. And I, I think that's why, you know, the whiskey category is trying to recruit a lot more younger, obviously legal drinking age people into drinking whiskey. But when you're that age, when you're young, when you're, when you're 18, 19, 20, you're not used to drinking neat spirits. You're always going to go for something that's a bit softer. Alcohol is very, very sharp. When you when you taste it for the first time neat, it can be quite an experience and it takes some getting used to. So obviously 15-year-old Becky was not was not used to the alcohol content of that grant that that day. Nowadays, I'm I can quite happily sip on a cast strength whiskey. That's fine, but <laughs> gosh, imagine if it had a cast strength whiskey down the side. <laughs> oh my goodness, that would be a whole different story altogether. <laughs> well, actually, it's quite interesting. You've you've said cast strength. Let, let's wind it back a little bit, if we can. Can you talk to us for our listeners about what exactly? is whiskey and why it can be quite often such an intimidating category for a lot of people. Yeah, so whiskey doesn't need to be intimidating or complex at all. I mean, essentially, whiskey is just distilled, matured beer without the hops. So imagine a beer that hasn't got any hops in it. It's a fermented mash of grains, usually barley. In Scotland, a a single malt is 100% malted barley in a mash. That's then fermented with yeast and then distilled into a clear spirit. 
It's then put into an oak cask and matured for at least three years, often for much, much longer. And what comes out the other side is whiskey. Now, that's often diluted back down to can be in you know, 60% ABV. It can be diluted back down to about 40 when it goes into a bottle. It can be blended with lots of other different types of whiskey. Essentially, it's a, a spirit that's full of uh, vanilla, fruit, caramel kind of flavours, and all of it's naturally derived. So it's such a beautiful, complex style of drink. that, And there are hundreds of distilleries around the world also making a variety of different flavors there is so much breadth of of style to it it's the the thing that i get i get told by a lot of people who would maybe i'm trying to encourage them to drink more whiskey they'll say oh no i don't like whiskey i had one once mm, and i yeah, don't like yeah. it and i just i find that so interesting because you wouldn't say that about wine no absolutely or, or beer you wouldn't say oh i don't like beer i had one once or i don't like wine i had one once there's this perception that all whiskey tastes the same and that's so untrue there's uh, i mean particularly here in the uk we know of scotch we have single malt scotch or we know of blended scotch whiskey like famous grouse or white mackay but of course whiskey is made all over the world so there's irish whiskey there's bourbon there's rye which is a battery that's taking off massively now and not just being made in america but being being made all over the world particularly in scandinavia there's whiskey being made in australia bolivia mexico and every single country and distiller has its own style and that's so exciting because as consumers we've got so much choice at our fingertips that you can't use that excuse anymore yes. you tried one once I, I firmly believe that there is a whiskey out there to suit everybody you just need to find the the style and the flavors that suit you fantastic so you've been writing about spirits and and whiskey for about 12 15 years how long about oh, writing about drinks well long oh, enough okay so oh, long enough to build the respect that you've got but what have been the biggest changes that you've seen in the whiskey category in that time I think definitely the biggest change that I've seen is how it's perceived by consumers because and, and and the change that producers are making to market whiskey to a new generation because I mean, we all remember whiskey as being maybe something our granddad drank or our parents drank. And it was always a, probably a, a low strength blended whiskey that didn't taste very nice. They'd mix it with a lot of water and it would probably be served in a pub in a very warm glass that's straight out of the dishwasher. And it's just <laughs> not got that attractiveness that we see from other categories. But that's changing so much now. Whiskey was also always marketed as something of a man's drink. Mm. It was, uh, it's very masculine. It's described as strong and robust, all of these terms that we associate with masculinity. And it was something that if it was in the hand of a woman, often she would be asked questions like, oh, well, is that too strong for you? Do you not want some water or soda in that? Are you sure you don't want Coke? And I think that's starting to change a lot now. And that's the biggest change I've seen in the last 15 years or so is more women coming into the category. And with that, an acceptance and a welcoming of a new generation of drinker starting to realise that you don't have to just drink whiskey neat. You don't just have to have a single malt with no ice, no water. You can mix it in a cocktail. You can have it in a highball. You can you can drink it any, any damn way you want to. And that's the change is 
whiskey used to come with all of these rules and regulations about how you should drink it how your granddad drank it. And even on even on these um, TV shows, you mentioned Love Your Weekend, when I speak about whiskey to some of the guests, they're under the perception that, oh, you can't possibly give me a whiskey cocktail. Oh, goodness, no. Or you can't have ice in this whiskey. Oh, that's a big no-no. You can only add ice to bourbon, never to single malt. And there were all of these outdated rules which have come out of nowhere <laughs> that actually aren't true. And I think people are waking up to that now. So that's the, that's the biggest change, really. It's this democratisation of whiskey. And that's really exciting, isn't it? Really exciting for you and for all of us, I guess. You know, there's much more room for exploration as well. And what about in terms of, I think the thing with whiskey, like you say, you know, there's, there's one for everyone. And I think a lot of people, and I would certainly include m- myself in this, you, you, once you, you can go on a lovely journey. Like when I started drinking whiskey, it was with bourbon and I hated smoky whiskies. And then I gradually got into them and you can go on a lovely journey. So could you give us a few insights and tips on how people can, you know, can ease themselves into the whiskey category, how they can go start their personal journey? Well, I think they, they just do what, what you did, Gary, is it's hit and miss. You just need to try a variety of different styles. If you're starting with bourbon and you realise you don't really like it, then maybe try something like um, Irish whiskey, which is a bit softer, but still has a lot of that sweetness. Maybe if that's too sweet or too soft for you, try a Scottish single malt. Don't put off trying a peated whiskey just because you're a beginner, though, because actually some people prefer the smoky flavours to the light. I did, actually. I preferred that at first. Yes. So, yeah. Me, me too, actually. So... I think it's just about trying a lot of different styles. If you can, just make a note of it. Just open a new note in your in your phone and just write stuff down. Write down what you tasted and what you thought of it. And the next time you go and order something, you like something, ask the bartender for a whiskey which was similar to the one that you tried before that you liked. And it's just about exploring. As, as I said, there are hundreds of styles, thousands of different types of whiskey that you could be tasting your way around forever uh, it's just it's just about trying just try just dive in just get on with it okay but if, if it's but i think if the neat whiskey aspect if it's the pure alcohol that's stopping you then go for a cocktail you can't go wrong with a classic highball whiskey and soda or, and don't don't worry about if you wanted to have it with coke that's also fine my favorite going out drink is a jack daniels and diet coke Yeah, and it's great that because I think that sometimes people think that you shouldn't mix whiskey or it's awful to have it with Coke, you know, but it's it's a beautiful drink, you know. So I think it is about owning your taste palette, you know, it's your preferred way of drinking. That's what we're always trying to say. It's your drink your way, isn't it, really, which is fantastic. And we do have, I mean, everywhere around the world, there's an array of bartenders that will happily talk you through some whiskies guided to your palate. So it's a great time for whiskey, I think. Let's talk about some, let's get some recommendations. Mm. First of all, could you... Again, you know, not necessarily even newbies, but anyone on the, on the whiskey journey. What kind of could you throw out one or two books that you would say that people might enjoy? Well, actually, I'm going to pick two books that I think are best suited to people who are starting their journey. 
One is the World Atlas of Whiskey by Dave Broom. It's old school, but it's classic. Uh, I don't know when it was last updated, but it gives a very good overview of the different categories of whiskey and also how it's made. It's a very easy book to understand the process. There's uh, descriptions in there and diagrams of the whiskey production process. So have a look at that if you are wanting to understand the different countries and the different styles. But then a more modern book, which I absolutely love and was only really released last year, end of last year, I think, is a book by Nicholas Morgan. And it's everything you need to know about whiskey that we're <laughs> too afraid to ask. We've actually reviewed that on this um, episode. So I'm yeah. really glad you've given it the validation in case people think I'm an idiot. It's a great but at least... <laughs> yeah. It's very, like, okay, I'm independent. I haven't been paid to say this. It's a great book and I'll tell you why. It lays out a lot of information about whiskey that uh, you probably would have liked to know, but you wouldn't necessarily know how to ask or who to ask. It's done in a very colourful, bright and easy to digest way. And I've got to say, it's probably the only whiskey book that I've seen that includes women in it. Equal way to uh, how men are featured. And that's rare. And I think that it's a sign of the direction that the the whiskey industry is moving in with we're becoming more well equal it, whiskey is for everybody so it's you know our book should really be reflecting that i think it's a brilliant one so yes pick that one up. oh i'm really glad we we love it it's so beautiful it's really easy to to go through and it's packed with everything you need i think as well why don't we do some whiskies? And I mean, like, you've already mentioned there's like thousands and thousands and thousands. So tough question. But like, that's a few that you think people might or enjoy. Or your favourites, I guess, yeah. you know, for different different flavour profiles. You know, like if somebody likes a more fruity style or light, this is not definitive, but they're your personal choices, maybe. Okay. I mean... I, was, I got a bit nervous when we were like, oh, can you give us recommendations of whiskies? Because as you say, there are thousands and it's really, it's really difficult when someone says, oh, just recommend me one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, recommend like, us a you... thousand then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and again, you guys will know this because if, if somebody says to me, and I get this question a lot, or have old school friends come into my DMs and say, oh, hi, I know we haven't spoken for a long time, but I need to buy a whiskey yes. as a oh, Christmas yeah, present yeah. for someone, and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm very happy to help, of course, but um, they don't give me any clues. They're mm. just like, well, this is my budget, and I don't know what to buy. So my question back is, rather than just naming any old whiskey that – I don't know whether the recipient will like or not. Mm. I will always ask them this question first. What other whiskies have they tried and enjoyed? What styles do they normally drink? And if you don't know, then tell me what their favourite foods are. What do they drink normally anyway? Are they a beer or a wine drinker? If they're wine, are they white or red? Uh, what's their favourite dessert? Do they go for the apple crumble or do they go for the sticky toffee pudding? Or do they go for the, the chocolate melting bomb thing with the <laughs> volcano coming out of the middle? Like what's their style? What's their flavor preference? And that will give me an idea of where to guide them with whiskey. Because if you're, let's take the dessert example. If you're a apple crumble fan and you love ice cream with that, I would probably go for a traditional space side that's been matured in a bourbon cask because something like a Glenlivet 15 or a Glenlivet 12 or a even a Glenfiddich 12 will have lots of that beautiful orchard fruit 
and the bourbon cost maturation will have some of that vanilla sweetness as well. So that will evoke that kind of sense of an apple crumble. But if you are more of a chocolate pudding lover, then I would go down the route of something that's got a bit more depth and complexity and a bit more robustness. You might even like a sherry cask whiskey. So I might go for a Glen Farkless 15 year old or maybe a, if you've got a big budget, Glenmorangie Signet, which uses chocolate malt in its barley mash. So the, the barley grains are roasted just for a little bit longer and they develop flavours of chocolate and coffee. So when that's distilled, they all come through into the whiskey as well. So you have these beautiful, rich, silky flavours of chocolate, which is lovely. Again, if you want more robust kind of style of whiskey, you could go down the bourbon or the rye route. My favourite bourbon at the moment is Old Forester Statesman, or I've just tried Jephtha Creed, which is great. Um, and they, they're in Kentucky and they do a, a whiskey with bloody butcher corn, which is a heritage grain, which is really fun. The corn, rather than being a bright yellow like we know it, is it's deep blood red. Wow. It's just named bloody butcher, which is really, it's really cool. It's so rich and full of flavor. Yeah, so that, that's how I would recommend a whiskey to somebody. Uh, it's quite difficult to just pick one out yes. of thin air. No, that's a great way of doing it as well, to let people know that it is about your taste, you know, and about food and equating it to food. I think that's a really great um, way for people to start thinking about it. It might actually break it down for them a bit more and make it a bit simpler for them to understand. So that is top, top, top. Love it. It's, 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 it's funny because you also asked me what my favourite whiskey is at the moment. And um, what's interesting is I'm, I actually find it quite difficult to taste the high ABV ones right now because I've been uh, wearing Invisalign braces for the last few months. And I don't know if anyone listening has ever tried drinking while you've got your braces in or even when you take them out. Your mouth is so dry oh from my wearing God. these braces <laughs> that anything with a high ABV is just painful. Too much. <laughs> it's far too much. So I've rediscovered the joy of 40% ABV blends, blended Scotch whiskies blended uh, Irish whiskies like Jameson and Johnny Walker. I'm loving them at the moment. It's fantastic. <laughs> but also, going back to that, you know, that is a thing. You know, it, it depends on the time of our lives. It depends on seasons. There's so many different things. So even your favourite whiskey today might not be your favourite whiskey next month, you know, regardless of the Invisalign. It's just about how you feel, your mood, seasonality, you know, things like that. So that's also really, really well worth people bearing in mind. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, that question is always comes up, what's your favourite whiskey? And I always say it's the one in my hand. Yes. It's the one I'm drinking at that particular moment in time because it, your, your palate changes and your mood changes. Depend, you know, you don't always throughout the entire year want a pint of Guinness. You might not want one in the height of summer, but in the winter it's, it's beautiful beside a fire. But, you know, choose your drink to suit your mood. And also, you don't always have to go for whiskey just because you say you're a whiskey drinker. You know, have it and drink it a different way. It doesn't have to be neat. Like, chuck some soda water in it. I'm loving some of the flavoured sodas you can get at the moment, like from the likes of London Essence and Fever Tree. And they're these beautiful, like, white, white grape and apricot. There's uh, peach and jasmine. And they work so well with whiskey. Oh, there's roasted pineapple as well, which is beautiful. And they're not too sweet and overbearing. They work so well with whiskey. 
it's such a great way to drink it that's a really good tip actually to sort of play around with the flavor through through the mixer and actually on on that because you touched on highballs a couple of times and this might sound like a really obvious thing I, I remember years and years ago we like you were saying about the way whiskey was served really badly i can remember like gin and tonics being disgusting in pubs and then you learn how to make a great gin and tonic and it's like you've got a new drink could you just explain what you would say is the, the ideal way to make a great highball? I'm not talking about the whiskey, but like the glass, the ice, the everything else. Yeah, sure. So I would start, so if you're going to make one at home, I would start with a tall glass, a highball glass. I would stack it with ice to the top. Then I would put in the, the ideal proportions are one part whiskey to two parts soda so pop in your whiskey so whether if you want a single serve or a double up to you uh, pop in your whiskey and then two parts soda on top of that give it a stir with a bar spoon so just sort of like move the liquid through and then top it up again with ice um you want it nice and cold ideally the, the highball is supposed to be really refreshing so you want it nice and cold bubbly retain all of those bubbles as well but then the last thing you can do is add a garnish now you don't always have to use lemon and I see this always with people making gin and tonic at home they'll always use cucumber just because one brand (laughs) (laughs) uses cucumber as its garnish you don't always need to stick with for instance a lemon twist in your highball you can my advice would be think about the flavors of the whiskey first and also with a highball, I would avoid um, sherry cask whiskies if possible. I would go for something that's light and fruity. You can try something smoky. That's also fine. But I would find a, a flavor that's within the whiskey and uh, match your garnish to that. So whether it's a, lime, a lemon twist or maybe a piece of apple or a grapefruit twist often works quite nicely. Uh, just play about with that. I've even roasted um, pineapple on the hob. <laughs> I've roasted pineapple and then use that as a garnish and that can be really nice too. So just have a play about with it. Oh, fantastic. And lastly, um, for people that think, you know, we've touched on this as well, but for people that think it can't be mixed, not just with with soda, but in cocktails, what do you say? Get in the sea. (laughs) Where have you been? I'm sorry, but what the title of this podcast is Cocktail Lovers. So if you're listening to this, you should pretty much by now know that you can mix whiskey, you can mix any spirit that you want to. So do it. If 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 you're still under the impression that you shouldn't be mixing whiskey, then you're missing out. Absolutely. You heard it here first. Thanks. Thank you so much, Becky. It's been an absolute inspiration and really lovely talking to you and getting your insights because you've broken it really down and made it very accessible, which is why we wanted to speak to you. So thank, thank you, you very, very much. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast and congratulations on another successful series. Well, that's all for now from the Cocktail Lovers podcast as we're taking a short break. Returning with a new series on the 24th of February. In the meantime, you can keep up with us in all sorts of other ways through our print and digital magazine, packed with cocktail loving goodness, by signing up for our regular newsletter so you're the first to hear the latest cocktail news, and on Instagram, where we share our cocktail adventures. For details of all of these and more, simply head over to thecocktaillovers.com. And while you're there, we'd love you to drop us a line with your ideas and suggestions for what you'd like to hear more of. 
just fill in the contact form. We look forward to sharing the cocktail love with you again very, very soon. Cheers.